0: We to have the introduction in German We going to attempt it Hello and welcome Oh god, I can't. Hello everyone and welcome to A Pipe with Peter An informative and somewhat complicated. podcast We want it in German <laughs> Okay, let, let oh. me try again Hello and Hello and Welcome To A Pipe with Peter That's probably wrong But we're gonna go
1: with it It sounds like an English person doing it Yeah <laughs> like Doing As German. it is
0: I went for the German intro Because Chris, as you may know Peter serenaded with With uh, Crout what? what? rock did you walk <laughs> So, Dad, with the intro of Crowd Rock... Jesus
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to come... We're actually, we are actually going to come on to Crowd Rock, but you know me. I've got to deviate, 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 and... Uh, so hello again, Comancheros. Are you familiar with that term? No. It's, it's, uh, is, a, it's, is, it's, is that it's, a German it's, it's term? No, it's not German. It's it's basically um, a Native American tribe. It's, it's a really great uh, cowboy movie. When I was a kid, people of my generation, boys, but I guess also girls, would uh, watch an awful lot of cowboys westerns. That Comanchero thing is from a series called Gunsmoke. I mean, it was a really big influence on boomers, cowboys and Indians, or, sorry, Native Americans. I mean, were you two? I I don't want to go off digress here, but maybe we can talk about it later. Were you you two bathed in westerns or anything cowboyish when you were growing? I think not.
1: Yeah, I kind of don't think so. I think it was
0: more of police and army. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if you were there, went to a cowboy birthday party, but that was about it. I don't think I did, now. Oh, that's interesting. What was the cowboy birthday party like? I can't remember it. I always remember it because Mum got me a Woody from Toy Story. Ah, oh, to OK. It. So okay. I don't know if it was uh, Foresight, but all the other boys turn up with gruff beards painted on yeah. in very neutral colours oh, and wow. I'm there in bright. Wow. <laughs> yellow dresses, as wow. Woody the Cowboy from Toy Story. I mean, it's yeah. how you are now. Yeah, so it's so, very foreshadowing.
2: It's interesting because, you know, primarily this podcast is about music, popular music, and I, I was thinking how many bands have I actually taken up this cowboy influence. The tune that was playing in the background is by these bad boys. They, they're big audio dynamite. Oh, but wow. They're a yeah. kind of derivative of The Clash. A couple of them were in The Clash. I mean, you've got to admit, guys, that's a great look isn't it
1: it is good luck.
2: What do you think and the song was if you want to check it out was about a painted wagon carrying all this snake oil in the American West I guess a lot of people were kind of pretending to be doctors weren't they They're selling snake oil the other one I mean I'm picking your brains here I mean going way back obviously bands like the Eagles maybe your dad was into the Eagles Eagles. they actually had an album called Desperados and they were dressed in cowboy costume and if you want a heavy metal reference because I'll be talking about heavy metal a little bit later, what do you make of that? Wow Yeah, that's uh, Motorhead this is the classic ace of spades. And you got to admit, that's a pretty cool is. look, isn't it? You know, they've got the cowboy hats. They've got the poncho. They've got the, um, blah, 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 the waistcoat, you know, with the frayed... Pack. Having a
1: photo on top of a quarry somewhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think most of those spaghetti westerns, which I was going to ask you about later, were actually filmed in Spain, yeah? I don't think they were filmed in Texas or anything like that. Anyway, maybe you know fifty podcasts down the line we can we can talk about cowboy films. So okay, as per bloody usual, or aboard for fun time. Let's begin with a state of the Comanche Nation, yeah? Because we always try and try and do this. Don't scratch your head, Chris. That's not very nice. I mean what, what exactly is happening in the wild northwest at the moment? This uh, volume, this episode, by the way, is number 69.
1: Hey. Oui. Sois on Earth.
2: Sois on Earth. So you've obviously got the Hendrix uh, reference going well, on there. No,
0: we were relating it to sex. We don't want to hear about that sort <laughs> nice. of thing.
2: I, I don't even know what Sois on Earth is, so you'll have to enlighten me later on.
1: Okay. I quite like using Sois on Earth Ooh. for it. Do you? Oh,
2: Chris. It makes I'm it
1: sound quite um, intellectual. <laughs> yeah.
2: I thought you were a well-brought boy, honestly. <laughs> have to, have to change my opinion of you. Anyway, in recent weeks, just so, you know, five years time from now, hopefully we'll be laughing at this. I mean, I'd think of Britain as the land of the frayed safety net. You know, you've got negligible mental health provision. You've got the A&E wards spilling over. Trains and ambulances aren't running on time. The prisons are overflowing. There's 50 kids per class. And blow me! Putin and uh, Xi Jinping. I don't know how you pronounce that, actually. Xi Jinping, is
1: it? Xi Jinping. You have a Chinese yeah, guy? Yeah.
2: I was going to ask you, actually. I mean, you're a bit of an expert in these preferred pronouns. You know, go back a couple of podcasts. Do you think XIG is his preferred pronoun? Or do you think that's his first name?
0: That might be his
1: first name.
2: name. name. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't want to go into that kind of territory, did I? I mean, there's all this kind of crap hanging in the air, you know, kind of Third World War vibe. But what really has exercised us... In, in the past couple of weeks. I don't know about you guys. I mean, what is really important, correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently there's been a bit of a bloody lettuce shortage. Have you had a salad shortage that's, down your oh way? I yeah. I mean, I mean so let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Peppers. So, Chris, you've been unable to obtain tomatoes. Tomatoes,
1: cucumbers and peppers have been... Yeah. No. But they're all back. They're oh, back. they're all back there. Oh yeah. my God. So I'm, a bit, I I'm, a bit, I do think I'm, I'm a bit behind the
2: curve. Places. You know, I thought we could talk tonight about rationing in Lidl, and uh, we, we, you know, in, in future, guys, you could talk about the great cucumber drought of 2023. <laughs> what do you think of that? I mean, imagine the carnage in Waitrose. Oh God. Blood spilled in aisle thirteen. Angry shoppers fighting over the last Mediterranean marinated tomato. The last crisp head the best organic deli star anyway we're okay here guys i've got we've actually got some builders in at the moment and julie my missus is is putting together (laughs) some salady gift bags for the builders later just to kind of convince them that you know things are actually okay um i had my camera out earlier i was going to send the builders some glamour shots of my cucumber what do you think? I like it Could be a good idea I mean, when you come around I mean, hopefully For you in particular, Russ These recordings will be A kind of document of me You know, you'll be Listening to this When I'm long gone Won't you? Thinking fondly You know Wasn't my dad a bit of a twat But you know, <laughs> Stop shaking your head Anyway Talking about the um, cues in A and E I mean, Jesus, to be pensionable as spring beckons, I'll tell you. I spent most of last week queuing up for hospital appointments, engagements. Chris is nodding here. I know that feeling. Because Chris has been wearing a heart monitor. Chris shows his shaved chest. It's it's a circle. I need your advice here, because it's, it's got so bad. I'm considering doing a David Bowie. What do you think? I'm going to talk, I'm definitely going to mention Krautrock
1: tonight, by the way.
2: But I was also going to talk about David Bowie, you know, um, glam rock,
1: if you want, yeah. for, for a little while. I thought you were going to say you are going to reinvent yourself by doing David oh, Bowie. I thought he was yeah,
2: just going to die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, that's a little bit of it. It's, uh, it's the latest trend in funerals. Don't worry, we're not going to be morbid <laughs> tonight. What David Bowie did, I describe it as being oven ready, you know what I mean? It's actually known as direct cremation. Have you heard about this? Yeah. It's really amazing. Obviously, people have set up a- companies and firms to deal with it and I'll tell you what it is in, in a few seconds, I mean I mean, I don't know about you but for me I, I just can't stand that morbid shit you know that black funeral gear and the hearses and the hymns that nobody knows, do you know what I mean and going back to somebody's gaff and kind of and having insipid volivon. everyone's standing around in some twilight lounge, do you know what I mean yeah you're both nodding your head, I mean I, I'm not being disrespectful here I've been to lots of post passing uh, kind of gigs and it's it's been bloody awful hasn't it you're both nodding your heads do you, do you agree Chris? yeah I mean
1: so, I, mainly I go to Irish funerals don't ah you right know, there's plenty right. of whiskey flying about oh, um, ah. no matter what age you were yeah,
2: so that's kind of added dimension then, isn't it? So after, after a while, uh, people obviously get canned, pissed or whatever. The mood changes. Yeah. My
1: first ever taste of whiskey was at a funeral. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you find it horrible? Yeah, it put me to sleep. I fell asleep in the back of the car with my home. Oh, I was about 14. Jeez. Mm-hmm.
2: But do you drink whiskey now? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting, because I am um, I went back to my hometown recently and we walked past the Labour Club, which I mentioned many, many podcasts ago. And as you know, it was in there that I was first introduced. I was only 10, something like that, to my first pint or half pint. And it tasted bloody horrible. And uh, as you know, the first Siggy. I partook of it was also horrible. So I, a I've never been a massive drinker, and b I've never been much of a smoker of cigarettes. You know, thank God my granddad didn't give me any opium or anything <laughs> like that. It might have been a different from story. And they didn't do acid at the Stafford Trades and Labour Club, so I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing is with this direct cremation, you go straight from your bed to the box. Do you know what I mean? These companies, you ring them up. You're lying in your hospital bed, or you're lying here at home. They just take you away, yeah, get you done as it were, yeah. Then you end up in a tasteful casket so there you are don't, don't look so sad russ this isn't that <laughs> bad i mean you've got so you're thinking
0: so, this does sound
2: quite good so, well it gets better because you've got loads of options basically about what you want to do with your ashes i mean i i think it's a bit of a cliche now but what some people do is they, they shoot their ashes off in a rocket don't they
1: they literally just there's no service or anything they just exactly screaming. exactly okay.
2: Well, she did it with a, a dear old colleague of mine. She had it, didn't she, Jim? You know, just confirming. I'm not making this up. She did not want one of those services, which was quite interesting because she was a, a devout Christian. Yeah, I was going to say, she was uh, end of. But she just didn't want that morbid, uh, kind of pointless. I'm be, I'm being a bit cynical here, I know. But you know, you know what I fancy. There's a few shit puns, you know, in the advertising material. They always try and sell something to you the main company doing it is called get this and Vinylly, <laughs> <laughs> because what they do they take your cremated remains and they press them oh, i've heard about this. into a vinyl record
1: i've heard about that yeah
2: i mean i don't know to be honest what this vinyl record is going to play like yeah
1: like-
0: can you pick this up? Of course
2: you can. Okay. Yeah, I can, yeah. Yes. What
1: vinyl would you want your ashes to be, Peter?
2: I think red. Red vinyl. Yeah. Red vinyl. I've already got a choice of songs I want okay. on it, you know, so I'd have maybe... Um, Something from the old blues days. I'd have something from electronic era. I'd probably have some new order or something like that. You know what I mean? So you you better bear this in mind. I mean, if you read the it's advertising awesome. blurb, it's quite bizarre. We offer you the chance to press your ashes in a vinyl recording. Your loved ones will cherish for generations. Pun coming up. Live on beyond the groove.
1: <laughs> Get it?
2: Yeah? Now, this this is where it gets really interesting. Or perhaps you're a designer, so This could be your salvation here, mate. This could be where you become really rich. You could start doing this. You could perhaps design a custom urn in the shape of an animal, an instrument, or maybe even a car.
0: I'm not getting this. Yeah,
2: yeah, you get your ashes. Yeah, Ashes normally come in something like a big planter. Yeah, pot, don't... I know that. But well, some of these companies, you're talking books by the way. They obviously don't use all your ashes.
1: Uh, yeah, because
2: obviously that'd be a hell of a chunky LP, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? It would be kind of heavy plastic, wouldn't it? But the bulk of your ashes end up in some kind of an urn. Okay. And what they do is they get, you know, I guess, people like you, designers, to create... Really fancy looking urns. So you're looking mm. interested here. Oh,
1: they've of no options. you could even if, uh, if you're a musician. Indeed, you could, you could um, have your ashes in a limited print of LPs. So proceeds all go to your family. One.
2: Wow, that's a really good idea. Good isn't it? I'm sounding really bourgeois here. Remember a few years ago, Julie and I. We're in Tasmania, and we went to a wonderful art gallery that's called the Museum of New Art. It's called Mona. You'd love it, because what it is, it's not a traditional gallery, you know, where you have all the Gainsboroughs and the, you know, from different eras, different decades. It's made up of, obviously, paintings and sculpture, but you also have in there, for example, a massive exhibition showing silver coins that have been found on the seabed, you know, from Greek times or whatever. But the one item that really interested me, Julie also found it really interesting, particularly in the Caribbean. I think most of these exhibits were from the Caribbean. I think they're a bit more fun-loving, aren't they? They had these wonderful coffins, but the coffins would be in the shape of cars and would be in the shape of birds and, uh, you know, in the shape of a piano, something like that. They were fantastic and they were... um, Beautifully painted as well. So he didn't get the plastic. <laughs> Russ is looking shocked here. Yeah, He's so thinking. I'm,
0: I'm. just thinking. It sounds like something out of The
1: Simpsons.
0: It,
2: it, it, it isn't. This. Is, this is all. This is all true. I mean, just imagine Rush. You might. You might be sitting here a few years from now when this process presumably has become much more refined. And uh, yeah, what shall we have? Shall we? Shall we get a Slipknot track in here somewhere? Or, um, your own...
0: I, I can see yeah. us falling out With mum over there Yeah Well, we'll me and Charlotte will, will be fighting for dad's wishes And yeah. she'll just think That it's ludicrous Yeah
2: Anyway, uh, on to the busyness in hand. I am really going to push through it tonight. So we're going to talk about musical fashions in the 70s. That's the kind of idea tonight, isn't it? So basically, I'm, g- I'm going to race through it. talking glam, we're talking prog, we're talking heavy metal. And yeah, we're going to try and talk about krautrock. And um, what I'm going to try and do is to link it in with my own and my generation's personal experiences. So you're getting a kind of encyclopedic view of what dudes like me would, were doing when I was much younger because, for example, when you came in, the music that was playing was you know, what I guess you could describe as, as crowd rock. It's from an album by a band called Can, And uh, I recently bought a, a copy of um, a Happy Mondays LP. You both know Happy Mondays, mm-hmm. don't you? and a couple of the songs on it were directly ripped off from Cannes. You know, sure. same rhythm same you know same tempo everything um i think what's interesting why why it is um useful to talk about it is I, I think all musical forms they do blend into one another so you know glam rock isn't dead heavy metal isn't dead all all of these forms have kind of morphed and uh they possibly duplicated themselves, or, or coalesced. You may, you maybe get three or four kind of forms come, yeah, I was coming say, sometimes they merge. coming together, don't you? But uh, I don't know if we've got time. But you know what we're trying to do here, in this kind of intergenerational wraparound is: um, can we detect trends over time? And more importantly, can we? Uh, join up the dots, as it were, can you guys spot experiences when I talk about that that you maybe have started to share or have shared? Yeah, that's the thing, because I I think in the end, without getting mystical about it, I think in the end, you know, we could all probably relate to somebody living on these islands in the medieval period or in Tudor times or whatever. That's why someone, I guess, like Shakespeare, you know, John Donne, that's why the great writers, because they can talk about themes that are pertinent now, you know, all of these abstract nouns, love, hate, passion, duh, duh, duh. But, but what, I, what I think happens, I'm putting me kind of sociology hat here. I think you've got an existential tussle in a way, between conservatism. I'm I'm not talking about the political party, by the way. I'm talking about conservatism with a very small C. So what you have, each generation is having, almost inevitably, to kick back, to kick against what the previous generation are thinking. I mean, I I was walking around town yesterday, and uh, I'm not kidding, I felt like a stranger. It was really weird. I felt really kind of old. I was, walking down, I was walking down these streets like Oldham Street and I must have been the oldest person on the street, do you know what I mean? It's quite weird. When I was coming back on the tram, having, I mean obviously there wasn't a tram in the past, but there were trains. You you can see the around where you used to live the remains of older buildings, do you know yeah. what I mean? And the older buildings are, particularly in Manchester, placed up clearly amongst the new Mm. aren't they so yeah. you've got that wonderful um, Iowa, oh, I think it's wonderful it? that wonderful railway arch that girder those, those yeah, great there, girders yeah, where yeah. Uh, you know when I first came to Manchester that, that obviously would have had trains running across it not steam trains even they had gone by this time but you look at that and it's, it's still kind of stuck there isn't it in oh amongst, yeah and in the, in the background you obviously have the Hilton and you have all these massive new buildings and sometimes I, I find and you know you two guys as artists must find I find it really interesting where perhaps buildings have been demolished but they haven't been totally demolished and there's a kind of wall sticking out or yeah. there's maybe a really old building where a lot of it or you know m- much of it has been turned into pretty nice flats and so on. but they haven't converted one end of it, and it's maybe got the faded side of some old paint factory or something on it. Am I connecting yeah. with you? Oh yeah, I, I find I, like I think that. it's yeah. really interesting. So I think with music and not just with music you have that kind of eternal struggle that's... Uh, conservatism versus what i call ct creative transformation do you know what i mean i mean no age stays as it is is it and i think that refusal to, to conform is understandable and, and what, what i'm talking about when we start talking about glam and stuff is you, you have a musical movement if you want and that musical or the people within that musical movement they suddenly go stale don't they they run short of ideas and there's other people out there thinking oh this is a bit crap isn't it we need something different so you get a new musical form then another one but do you think that's true also with other genres you know like film and so on or do you think that kind of constant change
1: it's an interesting idea isn't it i think it's i don't know whether it's uh people like you say music it developing in that way I think it's more as what's acceptable changes that's true mm. I think that's how film and TV changes yeah.
2: because I'm not trying to shoehorn here um, a cowboy theme but when I was a kid I grew up with um, you know John Wayne do you know who John Wayne is You know, I, I grew up with stuff like The Magnificent Seven do you know The Magnificent yeah, Seven yeah, yeah, uh, I wouldn't call The Alamo by the way uh a cowboy movie but it's got a cowboy vibe hasn't it do, do you know the alamo
0: i do indeed
2: i mean jesus i remember watching the alamo and it, it was almost um inspirational we all went out into the playground <laughs> and kind of built a wall and uh you know we had people acting as the mexicans and we, we shot them all down and you had um Obviously, I used to watch, you know, the Sergi Leone movies for Spaghetti Westerns. Did you watch those? I know you like quite like James Bond,
1: don't you? Yeah, I've never well, really... I mean, James Bond was going when yeah, I was a kid. i never really watched Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, I think my have. film touchpoint of Cowboys is more um, Carry On Cowboy. Wow. I haven't, yeah. I haven't actually seen that yeah, I, I
0: don't think I've seen that God
2: one God, you've inspired either. me to watch that. But what I, what I was going to say was, which I'm trying to reinforce the point you've just made, I, I think the, the cowboy genre, probably at a point in the 60s, became stale and nobody was making westerns anymore, I, I guess. And, but what happened during the late 60s and in the 70s to jazz things up, you can almost guess what happened. Cowboy films became incredibly violent. Mm-hmm. And I do mean incredibly violent. I mean, check out films like The Wild Bunch, for example. You know, it must be, The Body count must be something like 300. You know, re- re- really, really heavy stuff. Um,
0: I felt that interest actually, because I know, if it, I can't remember who said it, but. Some director, someone was comparing Marvel films to Western. Oh, wow. Like that's, how, just, that's really interesting. How we've seen so many of them now, and it's just going to reach a point where they just die off. And then even that, you've seen a rise in more violent superheroes. Interesting. Movies. Yeah.
2: So, you, so you've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got to up the ante. You've got to have more explosions, yeah. more yeah. violence. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit depressing in a way, isn't it? Just, just my final point on films. I mean, if you're going to give this podcast a title, please can you call it? This is from 1949, the beautiful blonde from bashful bend. I kid you not, that's a cowboy <laughs> film from. I'm talking about you, Julie here. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I think I think we might have to ban that. Okay. So what I mean with glam? Just, just I'm going to kind of rush you through here. I mean with glam. You come on, do, do your homework here. Who were the three main llamats? Kiss. I, yeah,
0: stuff, Kiss Bowie.
2: yeah, Bowie, yeah, yeah. T Rex. Oh, I'm sure
1: there's Mark one more come up with. no. I, I haven't
2: got the albums out tonight, so yeah, but you you you've got a couple and of course, remember the King Crimson one? Oh yeah. I brought out. Well, they're, they're not, they're not um, glam rock, by the way. But glam rock c- came about as a kind of antidote to prog rock. And I, again, I haven't got the albums. I don't think I've got the albums down here tonight. But prog rock. Tell me if you know any of these bands. Yes. Yeah. Genesis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barclay James Harvest. No. Uh, but what, you, what you're thinking here is Spinal <laughs> Tap. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, Spinal Tap. I mean, Spinal Tap isn't isn't particularly prog or glam or anything. Yeah, you know, it was very very pretentious. What I do have here, just to give you um, a little example, this is a Genesis album called Nursery Crime. C R Y M E. You get the point. I mean, I was looking at it earlier, and I, I wouldn't like to knock Genesis because, as I say, you should read that poem I wrote yesterday. That's oh, rubbish. So I think if you want a rule in life, lads, it's uh, you know don't criticise anything until you've tried it yourself and hopefully done better. So I am aware of that, but can you can see the inside of that album. Mm. Yeah, this is this is prog rock at its finest, and you've got tracks like the musical box, Harold the Barrel. Yeah, you know? so you've got a bit a bit of a funny one there, Seven Stones. And the one i picked on here, it's called The Fountain of Salmarcus." I mean, can you imagine anybody nowadays creating a song called The Fountain of Salmarcus"? From a dense forest of tall dark pine wood, Mount Ida rises like an island. Within a hidden cave, nymphs had kept a child. Hermaphroditus, son of God, so afraid of their love. And that's actually sung and played. Wow. Can you imagine? And as you can see, it's got, what, six or seven verses. And that's how bad it got. You also have that kind of playful, fanciful nursery rhyme type vibe because... Moving along the album here, the next song is amazingly called The Return of the Giant Hogweed. I mean, do you know what hogweed is? Yeah, You yeah, see it down yeah. by the river, we get down by the river and it's it's kind of health and safety gone mad, isn't it? You have these um, notes saying, don't touch this plant, every single part of it is poisonous, yeah? And this is called The Return of the Giant Hogweed. Turn and run, nothing can stop them Around every river and canal their power is growing Stamp them out, we must destroy them They infiltrate each city with their thick, dark warning odour Russell isn't believing me that people actually <laughs> bought this shit It sounds
1: very, like, middle-class English Yeah, it? exactly, yeah. yeah,
2: exactly
1: It'd just be like a Facebook group, no?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <There were songs. laughs> maybe that's what we should do we go onto a Facebook group you know, and write a these lyrics yeah.
2: your, your mum's scowling a bit now cause She actually used to be quite a big fan of J. Genesis, and she liked uh, Phil Collins. I know, that's why I associate Phil Collins, yeah, so I better keep my voice down here. I mean, glam, it, it was obviously younger people. I mean, all these movements begin with, um, you know, 14, 15-year-olds, don't they, I think? And uh, the, the thing with prog rock, you see, is that the albums would have a concept. Are you with me? You know, well, that's
0: what I was going to ask, was glam, 90% image
2: very much so yeah i mean i mean bands like king crimson um and and so on it just grated on you i I used to have a really brilliant timeline of history why it was brilliant this timeline is because running through the center you had english history but what you had which was brilliant for the time i'm talking about 20 years ago you, you had parallel lines showing what was going on in China, what was going on in Persia, what was going on in Africa, blah, blah. And I'm not going to get into a discussion about history tonight, but what you've got to remember is that all these movements, they have parallel developments, don't Mm. they? So around the same time as, you know, Glamrock and... Frog Rock, you had heavy metal. And uh where where I come from, as you know, it, it was the heartland of heavy metal, wasn't it? And and um you know, if you go back to podcast twelve, I think it was. I used to go and watch um just remind me, who did I go and watch in my local boozer? Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath, yeah. Or uh Earth as they, they were called then. I actually, saw my brother a few days ago, and uh, I've actually got, if you want to pass it to me, Chris, I've actually got, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I've actually got a copy of the Black Sabbath album. Can you see it? I've got it here,
0: father. You
2: see, I think, I know you two guys, particularly when you were younger, say 14, 15, 16, you, you were into... These kind of gothy type bands.
0: That was more
2: than great. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar
0: with that cover? No, uh, I've not I will have black Sabbath never tingled my fancy you
2: know, Look at it, eh? Amazing. This is. I mean,
0: is that Ozzy Osbourne or is it a woman? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I think this. I think this girl was paid about fifteen quid and forgot what she'd done a couple of days later. But yeah, I've got to say this was quite controversial at the time. You had an inverted cross.
1: Mm minimalist. Yeah.
2: I don't know if you know the story because it's it's just apocryphal. I'm sure you know the story. They they basically were playing you know, when I saw them, they're basically a blues band. A story I, I might have mentioned it before. You just have to edit it. They were apparently in in Birmingham somewhere where they came from, and there was a movie playing. You know, it really shits. Probably 50s, early 60s horror movie called Black Sabbath. I think it was Iommi. Tony Iommi was the guitarist. I think he saw it or was it Geezer Butler? They always had these kind of names, don't they? And he said, "Oh, i would be a great name for a band, lads." And uh, I mean, at the time, it was a kind of really thick, monumental sound do you know what i'm saying dun, dun, if you listen to this it, it's really quite tortuous to listen to it and um you had the distorted guitar you had the extended uh, guitar solos you had and basically you had loudness do you know what i mean i know you russell in particular you quite like a r- loudness don't no, you I do. well this, this had a lot of loudness the original copy by the way this is this is um a dutch copy the original copy of all this inner inner stuff was black it was really really dark and black
0: like were they welcomed into the metal community i think i think yeah yeah i think i
2: think the point is that black sabbath basically they were not revolutionary but basically they kind of said to themselves this is the music we're going to play If you don't like it, you can fuck off. And I think on that basis, they over time formed a really core audience that really supported them. And
0: um, because sometimes people could be protective, can't they? Exactly. Yeah. Black Sabbath,
2: as you know from previous podcasts, I think you know millennials and probably younger don't realise that back in the day, if you really wanted to be highly successful musically, you went over to the states and when she became big in the states that you you done it and it's quite i'm not going to go into detail but quite a number of bands over here who did really well hardly sold anything in the states it's quite interesting i mean even more recently you had oasis mm. who went yeah. over to the states and they just bombed didn't they but black
1: sabbath are massive do really well in japan wow Oh, first feel went black sabbath. No really race, yeah. Well Black Sabbath's
2: possibly a big in Japan as well, because I uh, can see the way that woman's kitted out. I mean, I, I saw a couple of girls in town yesterday. This whole kind of vibe would have led what 15-20 years later to goth. You have a whole goth yes. thing with the you know the dyed black hair and the and the
0: eyeshadow and I mean
1: we probably associate Black Sabbath with goth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: Well, everyone, we are going to leave it there this week. And don't worry, the outro won't be in German. Apologies for that. I just wanted to try something different. But hopefully my outro sounds a lot smoother as I'm using one of our new microphones, awesomely donated by a fan. Cheers to Jamie for hooking us up with this new mic. Great to see someone wanting to progress the podcast. As always, we have hope you've enjoyed the journey into the past with our guide, Peter. Subjects like Krautrock Rock is always interesting because it highlights the intergenerational Gap we are trying to bridge because I went into the chat viewing it as a more modern scene, you know, the one I'm used to, to so what Dad was going to chat about. As always, you can join in with the chat by heading over to our Twitter and using the handle at a pint with Peter or use our email, a pint with Peter at gmail.com. Maybe you could also let us know if you have fond memories of Krautrock or do you think Marvel films are going the way of Westerns? One more thing whilst I've got you, please remember to tap the subscribe button and leave us a view on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Chris dove into the stats of the podcast and found out a good chunk of you are listening to Peter and haven't yet subscribed to us. So please just take a second to tap that button. It just helps the podcast reach more people. So everyone, I'll speak to you next time, where we will hopefully start to learn more about all those rock genres Peter keeps mentioning. Cheers again, and on to the next.